Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Before we begin, I want to remind everybody that we do have a Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. We have three levels there to accommodate all of you. It'll give you access to videos early. It'll give you access to videos that aren't going to be uh, streamed to everybody. But if you don't join our Patreon, don't worry. We are still going to be delivering daily videos here on YouTube. Nothing will change on that front. I also want to remind everybody that we are working cartoonists and the best way to support us is to buy our books. Red Room, X-Men Grand Design, Hip Hop Family Tree, WYSIWYG from Ed Piscor are all out and available wherever you buy books. Hulk Grand Design, Street Angel, Deadly Squirrel Live, Plain Janes are my books you can pick up wherever you buy books. And we appreciate that if you haven't already added our books to your shelves. So today we are going to continue looking at Cliffhanger, the uh, late 90s, early 2000s Wildstorm imprint. It was kind of billed like the next wave of image creators, uh, you know, new blood there that was, was coming into the creator-owned game. Yeah, and, and they, they shared aesthetic uh, sensibilities. You know, like the, the first-gen image dudes, it's, you know, the Jim Lee, Scott Williams aesthetic. And then when anime and manga starts to disseminate a little bit more, in the States, you had your Joe Matareras, you had your uh, J. Scott Campbells, who, while being like an Art Adams dude, is definitely looking at uh, plenty of anime and kind of filtering that into the, that Jim Lee style du jour. Uh, the Ramos and Waringo and uh, Bachalo, like take a look at early Bachalo. Like what was the art like? It was, it was gruff, it was gritty, there was spatter, this organic ink lines. But then he started to adopt that anime manga kind of big eyes sort of aesthetic. And uh, here we are, the cliffhanger brand of comics yeah this is our fourth cliffhanger look so this may end up in a playlist and i would say you know if you're into any of the names you just mentioned um check out our previous uh episodes on battle chasers and danger girl and crimson and bacalo's a really interesting artist because of his long career at this point like he's making comics that we can get maybe in the late 80s certainly the early 90s like through vertigo and stuff yeah. it's on to x-men and marvel ghost rider 2099 and changes stylistically so much over his career just up to this point um i say that because i'm going to be pretty harsh on this book mm -hmm. i was i did not enjoy reading this book i'm mad at it for a lot of reasons that we'll talk about as we go but bacala is a great comic book artist you yeah. know like he's had these periods and, and i like some more than others but we start out with, with this um, thus far. I don't know what steampunk catechism. Is there a book that precedes this? I, I don't even know if that's like cheeky. I you know and just just be a silly like a silly way to put in exposition. If there uh, was jo a... Joe, Joe Kelly's coming from from like I guess probably like Deadpool or something. He you know he might have like, done some X Men scripting too. But those but those mid nineties like it's see we're we're not going to get any man of action shoot interviews anytime soon I don't think, but. Uh, those mid '90s writers, uh, <laughs> comics, comics. We deserve the comics that we got. That's the other takeaway I had reading this. Man. And we've looked at. Uh, I think we look at another book this week from around this time period, like uh -huh. the 2000. I might be just done with this time period. Oh, I know what you mean. You know, man. when when, like it's, when, it's, when it's, comics are tanking. Yeah. And everybody wants to blame a lot of different stuff. How about garbage comics? Yeah. Because who's buying some of this stuff and then coming back for a second issue? I'm not. Yeah, totally. And and I I mean I completely passed. I I didn't buy one cliffhanger book. I was I was over that shit at, at this point. And uh, you learn about like as a, as writers, right? Like this dude, he like they're plugged into these existing jobber 
comics of Marvel, DC, whatever, even if the job is X-Men or Deadpool, it's still a fucking job. And it's a, it's a machine that's already moving and they jump on board and they add their little contribution to the narrative corpse, you know? Uh, so it already has inertia of sales and you're jumping into that. So it's, it's, you can't calculate the guy's value or, or ability accurately because he's already got inertia behind him so a place where you can do that is when they design something completely their own and you start off from the ground floor which is what we have here and i think that so many of the mainstream guys who were doing this kind of thing certainly in the 90s it was kind of a trifle to them uh they're they're kind of like just it's artistic masturbation you see like even the storytelling flow is kind of all over the place and it's just Bachala figuring out different compositions to draw like, you know, one big cool image, maybe that he can sell as an original art with all this little stuff. But the most basic stuff of storytelling in general, we don't even got to talk about comic storytelling, just storytelling in general. I got about three, four pages into this and I don't care about anybody. I don't even know anybody's name. And I can't a whole lot even of tell you on. where any part of it takes place. No. This character... Is she interacting with any of these characters? Are these two characters different? Where is this at? Yeah. Like, I really, I have no idea what's going on <laughs> in any sense. I mean, like, I don't know, inside, outside, day or night, and any of the characters, if they're in the same environment or not. And there might be a guy who has, like, some kind of Cockney accent, so, so like... There's an awful, awful... Also, uh, by the way... ...accent thing... There ain't nothing steampunk about that. So just like with that one Crimson comic that we looked at, where it's like the aesthetic of like Janko jeans, you know, hookups looking artwork with like a goth vampire vibe doesn't work. Like this style doesn't work for a comic called called steampunk. It's too it's too slick and modern, and it just doesn't have have the grit. Colors by badass. I hate the colors. Colors suck. suck. There's no balls. sense of depth. There's so much that, like, I I applaud Bacciolo for these, like, page compositions. They're kind of doing his thing. Because I could I could tell that he's putting massive effort in into these pages. Also, how hack is this? That, like, you just have a fucking template that you drop your files in. And you have your, like, how do you have an ad for the comic that you just bought? That's the dumbest thing ever that's a wasted piece of real estate right there it does seem strange it's dumb it says new series beginning in february and it says april in yeah. the front <laughs> yeah, i don't know dumb. what's going on there i guess the dates and comics are always strange but it's just very funny to have the the date emphasized there and contrasting with our our other date but yes again like i just i don't understand like where this is what's happening and back to the badass colors you know like this poppy orange flare in every single panel what are you doing? And 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 also, this is when when Richard Starking kind of dominates comic lettering, and it it it's it it becomes um timely. It becomes cliche. Like it's definitely like of an era, and it's so boring to me. It, it the fonts are so small. Uh, the, Sometimes the the lettering forms blending start blending into each other. The sound effects have no have no sexiness. And Richard Starking is. A, a great hand letterer, you know, he, he lettered the uh, Marvel UK stuff in like the uh, in like the 80s, like the Alan Moore, Captain Britons and stuff. The dude can letter, so presumably he knows 
the deal, but he really jumped on the digital stuff before anybody created a whole, and I think there was even issue. Well, I'm not going to say nothing, no slander libel type shit because I don't know exactly, but like these typefaces, they're, they're just boring. Yeah. It looks like everybody's trying super hard with every single tool in the, in their uh, toolkit. Yeah. But why, <laughs> you know, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. You know, like I would ask everybody, I've got questions for every member of this creative team yeah. about choices. Joe Kelly, why write in this like bizarre tongue, you know, especially whenever, here's a question for the writer who's speaking, right? you know, because like, as you're reading and it's these little tiny, like sometimes silhouettes of characters. I can't tell who's speaking. I can't tell if one word balloon is like one character and the next one's and another, like if it's yeah. going back and forth or if it's just some, some sort of like, are they singing a song together? And then like, okay, to the letter, why are our tails like this? Because here's a rounded, you know, elaborate sort of rounded tail thing. Okay, does that indicate one character? Well, no, because then these are sharp and then this one's kind of a soft edge. So what's going on with the tails? Like, why go crazy on how how much you can decorate the word balloon tells again is this just something new that you have access to so you're going to try how does it fit in the story and then for the coloring we've got flares practically in every single panel yeah again why what's that going to do it's almost like um you could almost have seizures going from panel to panel of just these flares everywhere yeah i just don't understand what it is and I think around then, probably shortly after we met, I was just like so against digital coloring and mm -hmm. stuff. And it was for these kinds of reasons where it was like, it's too much. It has the opposite effect of creating depth or clarity or textures or any of this stuff. And it just felt like we've got this powerful new tool and we are doing, turn it up to a hundred. When, when you did your earliest Pittsburgh Comic Cons, that's when, uh, that's when Pittsburgh had the Harvey Awards. Pittsburgh hosted the Harvey Awards. And as a kid, it was so cool, man, because like, it was an opportunity to... There was a peanut gallery that regular folk can go to uh, the, the awards. And I, I, went, I went every year, except the year that I went to the Kubert School. And uh, I think Chris Ware almost exclusively won. But when they would <laughs> show his stuff up there, amongst like all the optics and shit mm -hmm. like it almost everybody laughed at, at chris claire at chris ware and i was sitting there like you're all fucking idiots man you're all dumb now the cool thing is the people who knew the deal are the people who vote you know and chris ware almost exclusively won that shit for years right but uh the fact that just the peanut gallery is they wanted this you know this is innovation this is the next step in, in comic book production and see this is a this is perfect this is a perfect ad to be in here because this yeah, is great this is like we're, we're getting towards the end you know the last decade of movie stores and in that last decade of movie rental shops being in existence they carve that anime section in your blockbusters and in your hollywood videos and and uh that aesthetic matches what the American com comic dudes were going for. And it, it matches like, you know, the top tier creators of, uh, of comics were, were approximating this energy. I was looking at this and I'm like, oh, that's a great ad, really smart, you know, stylistically with what you're seeing here. And then I slide down here and see Columbia House. And this ah. is sort of like, cause I was thinking like, oh man, Jim Lee's smart putting this, you know, going out and getting an ad, this tailored to the content of the comic. 
but it's this is the legacy of Columbia House, you know, like this would have been in all of our comics in the 80s and, and, and 90s. And this is what it's sort of like the last days probably of Columbia House as we remember it, where it's like you're subscribing to the best of anime and and uh, Japanese anime, too. You know, like, and, you know it's and, a, this would probably be a great subscription, by the way. It's so perfect, man, because it's it's all like lower tier shit like that ain't ninja scroll right it's wrath of the ninja with a kind of a madhouse kind of vibe to it so just like columbia house you're getting you can see it too you know free 10-day previews first video 495 you know it's it's the same columbia house just updated for 2000 which is fascinating because that's like precursor netflix kind of thing mm, if, kind you, of. if you're getting some some free previews and stuff that's hey just... i have to uh, i have to pile on this page some so here's here's another one of these characters right there's a there's a i think dismembered head here hey you know what this is one of my favorite designs and we barely see it but this this character i think has faces on both sides with white hair on one and, and dark on the other wish the whole book was about her mm. um but this floating head character you know they somebody broke his body he needs his body and then here we get another shot this time upside down where is this head yeah. it feels like somebody has picked it up to be like i'm gonna hold this head up and talk to it right except i don't see it anywhere except in these two panels I, what is going on? It's also it's, here we go. Let's put a red cloaked character that has some kind of like uh, you know reddish purple braid embroidery thing, and then like let's make the background red with those reddish purpley embroidery things. Yeah, like bad bad choices, terrible choices. It's a it's a fascinating document in that this is people who have been plugged into series forever. Like Bachalo, like. Did, I like no this this idea right. because um, I think this happens with a lot of people that go, I'm going to do a creator-owned book. Absolutely. It, I'm not just laying this at cliffhanger people's feet. And some cliffhanger, I think Danger Gold did a pretty good setting stuff up. But all of these people, even like Image Wave 1, where it goes, Absolutely. I got to create everything. Yeah. Like that's a they different skill set. Yeah, yeah. That is not necessarily what you do by drawing a decade of really good comics isn't necessarily building a world no no yeah so and and there are very like they they want to skip ahead and i think it's eric larson who, who who said it best like that that all of his brethren created issue 30s as their issue number ones but he who's been making comics his whole life full comics yes. writing lettering drawing like we have him on record saying that he even fucking ran the damn print machine yes. to print those early joints it shows he makes the best uh, first-gen comics, and and maybe maybe Valentino makes the second best kind of co coherent yeah build a world world uh, thing. You they, mentioned these guys the, don't uh, have that skill. The great page layouts for Bacalo or being a good page layout. I agree, and I and yeah. I like that you get this you know as like a new scene or a new couple of characters, and it's a whole it feels like a whole different atmosphere and setting. So I do like that, and it's almost page layout as setting. And 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 <laughs> I think there's stuff to take away from that. There's so much because first off. This is the most pleasing to read page. That's true. Allowing a little bit of air, a little bit of space, because he was just going ham with like panel layouts and all that stuff. Maybe an influence of from like a, a Sam Keith who would do like wild shit in the Max, uh, but at least there was some flow to that. So let me tell you what I think is happening because then I'm we'll so, go back around. I'm so stoked that you were able to read the whole thing because my reading comprehension. Like I started to feel Every, bad about everything myself. I got may be wrong though. Keep that in mind. I started to feel bad about myself. Like, like, am I daft? There should and, be a quiz at the end of this because <laughs> I probably get like maybe a C, C minus on, on, on understanding I will, what's up. I will get a firm E. I think this guy is asleep dreaming, and he's dreaming of this girl, maybe a princess, not sure. And then here he's like partially waking up to reality, even though he's still in his dream mode. 
and it's this guy's who he's with, and I think this is him when he's totally awake. But I could be wrong on so, some of that. So everything was a dream? Well, I think maybe just this scene. I, I don't know. But look at look at Bachelor. Like he, you could see that he's going hardcore. Like he's putting in lots of effort. You know, it's just he's he's being unrestrained with the panel layouts and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Joe Kelly as as writer like isn't carrying the 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 weight necessary to make a good issue one. And and you know, it makes me curious to read more of those guys stuff. It makes me curious to see what what Kelly's up to lately. Like, you know, was it was he able to get the hang of uh, creating something fresh? Like, we know their model, you know, get a bunch of artists uh, on board uh, who can only draw one book at a time while you write five to six books at a time and then, you know, take it to the movie houses and shit for optioning or whatever. But uh, does he learn? Because this is not impressive. And and this dude was a celebrated writer uh, during like the last days that I was like seeing Wizard and stuff with his like fourth wall breaking, you know, De- Deadpool works with uh, Ed McGinnis. Like maybe that's around this time. I could be off. McGinnis would have been a good cliffhanger guy. He might have been. You know, I feel like he... he, he, he came there were to, a few to more cliffhanger books than I realized. Because um, I, I always think of like the first three that we already did. And yeah. then I remember this one as the fourth one. There are at least three others. Carlos Pacheco did one. I think Mike Waringo did one. Um, uh, Ramos does a second one. Mm. And uh, and then there's one called Kamikaze that's by an artist I don't know, although I have that book, so that's one that we could look at. But yeah, there was a lot more to Cliffhanger than I realized, but boy, did it just like become... I don't know. Like The first couple of books I felt like made a splash, and maybe it's a wave two or something, but it feels like I was completely unaware of most of them. It was, it was all the same issues that that we had with gen one marvel where like they're not putting their books out on time like like man what what the businesses that they could have built for themselves if they would have had consistency on like a mcfarland level of, of just like continuing to put out stuff i get it man they were probably making crazy loot and it's got to be tough being out there in cali with that nice weather and beautiful sandy beaches to sit indoors drawing all day or whatever man uh, but if they could have just been consistent, they could have, they could have created franchises, you know, like there's a battle chaser video game out there, but like Joe Matarera had to like create the video game company to make it. Yeah. I'm just so unclear of like anything of what's going on here. You know, is this the same character as this? But when we zoom in, it's like a robot skull face hair stitched together. Like, I, I, I don't know what we're looking at. And I think this character like burrows or digs or comes out of like a manhole or something in this in this steampunk world. And now that's a thing, right? Now we're gonna have like the world above. Like like up to this point it felt like a fantasy story. Yeah. Like a fantasy world, but I guess it was all actually an underground world. It's just very unclear to me. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's not interesting enough to want to explore it further. Like they didn't so enough seeds i mean they lost me with five pages like this is like once you get up there i guess there there are under under dwellers i think they call them so people who live underground and whenever they show up then there are like these machines that are supposed to clean them up and it's like we don't even get a shot of that machine and it looks like it wrecked but i don't is it wrecking against him unclear very unclear so so like we're looking at this comic because we put out other videos and people asked us 
to look to look at this comic. So that's why it's under the microscope. Uh, they asked for a reason. They must like it. It's kind of wild looking, you know, like we, you, you mentioned about the lettering and how much you hate it. And I can understand that, but also like, it's just chaos. Like I can see from a visual standpoint, like there's a lot kind of like exploding on a page. I'm going to make some suggestions. I just can't read it. Uh, type I in, like type excess. In, type in the name Guy Davis. Type in the name Guy Davis Steampunk. I bet you're going to find a lot of steampunk looking. Because like to me, the title must be what sells the people on it like they they like steampunk aesthetic you know like i've been in plenty of lines you know to get into a comic convention where people are talking about you know steampunk things or they have steampunk cosplay take a look at some guy davis comics i think troy nixie has done a kind of steampunkish looking thing or two so maybe that's what we do jimmy like when we when we show off something that we just are not feeling uh we find something adjacent that might actually that is actually good that people might dig. Yeah, and you know, for the most part, if you're new to Cartoonist Kayfabe, mostly we're showing off stuff we like and we're yeah. talking about why we like it. But you don't always know. Like in this case, as you say, popular demand, you know, for this book. So we pull it a week ahead. You read your books, you come in. If the book wasn't something you liked, you're stuck with it. Like right. I can't read a new book while we're on the air. So so you're kind of stuck with it. And this book just left me perplexed. Type in Corpus Monstrum uh, Gary Gianni. Mm. Like that's a sexy. Wait a look at that. That's a fun. That's a sexy steampunk book. So I feel like that's that's what we got to do, Jimmy. In twenty twenty three, man. If if we're looking at something that uh, is something that people have been clamoring for for a long time, and it's a piece of dog shit, like they they don't know what they don't know, man. And we can point them in a direction to uh, if they like a steampunk aesthetic. It I exists. Also it's out there. Sometimes hear stuff like the whole series is great or whatever that's fine but like you it's an issue one strong. like you need to bring people back issue one needs to sell issue two yeah so. yeah yeah you're always just buying time like the cover buys you a couple of seconds to look at page one and then page one should be a banger uh yeah i missed the days of the uh page one could have been a cover yeah totally and then that buys you another second to and you you gotta hook us especially now so like see i'm a part of modern culture in so far as my attention span isn't what it used to be for this stuff uh i'm in my middle age you know i don't have i have maybe less years ahead of me than i have behind me so when i'm checking one of these things out dude if it doesn't hook me i'm not reading the rest of it i could comment on the art but you know they, they lost me yeah um one credit i will point out richard friend is your anchor I follow him on, I think, Instagram. He does some cool stuff, man. That's cool. He does a lot of good drawing and talks about it and stuff there. So maybe somebody to uh, to, to follow out of this, this steampunk review. <laughs> but yeah, not not a fun. Wasn't one of my fun books this week week to read for no, sure. No, sir, man. Uh, but there are people who are going to be buying steampunk out of curiosity now, even to laugh at it because human nature is a son of a bitch, and uh, the kayfabe uh, the kayfabe audience who is watching this live stream in real time, get the first dibs on uh, buying these books that we talk about, man. And uh, you can be a part of our Patreon to be a part of these live streams and to get to see all of our videos before anybody else gets to see them in the wider populace. If you don't uh, support the Patreon, don't worry, you're getting new vids every day. But hit the link in the description below this video to the Patreon. You get first dibs on, on uh, 
fresh videos before anybody. Jimmy, tell the people what you have out there, man. Hulk, Grand Design, The Plain Janes, and Street Angel, Deadly Girl Alive are all of my latest books that are out and available, if not in print already, available for pre-order. So let your local comic shop know you want those as part of your collection. You can also join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can download some of my out-of-print zines and mini-comics and see a lot more of my original art and new comics work. Red Room Trigger Warnings, Red Room the Anti-Social Network are uh, the comics that I have out on the stands uh, that are the newest. I'm working on new Red Room comics uh, at this very moment, but you see the bibliography here. Please support our books and keep us uh, you know, in the chair making these videos for you. Hit up my link in the description below this video. You can read the current Red Room comics that I'm serializing on Patreon before, uh, before they hit the light of day in print as well. Jimmy, what else do we have out there? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the link below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, mugs, hats, all kinds of merchandise, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video. All right, man. Giving us marching orders, Jimmy. We'll be on our way. Read more comics.